welcome to Amplify, the personal brand business show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Valerie Morris. They're using it truly as a tool for their business. They're using it as a tool for their personal brand. And they are using it almost as that, you know, business card, if you will, of like, okay, you might throw a typical tiny little business card away, but are you going to throw my book away? It's probably going to sit on your desk for at least a few months before you decide if you're going to keep it or not. In the meantime, my name and my subject matter is staring you in the face every time you look at it. Hi there and welcome back to the Personal Brand Business Show. My name is Bob Gentle and every week I speak to amazing people who share their secrets of building, marketing and monetizing their expertise and the mindset you need for your business to grow and thrive. If you're new to the show, then might you still have your device in your hand to take a second to subscribe. And I mean, stop right now and take a moment. If you're on Apple Podcasts, it's the plus icon at the top of the screen. Any other app, there's probably a subscribe button. And if you're on YouTube, the subscribe button is super obvious and it doesn't bite. So take a moment and click it. This week, I am really excited to be speaking to Valerie Morris about book marketing. And the reason I'm speaking to Valerie is I have a few clients who have launched books and Valerie's been helping them with amazing results. And if you're listening and thinking, I'd like to write a book. Well, writing is one thing, but having it actually successful at the other end is really overwhelmingly exciting for everybody around you, not just you if you're writing a book. So Valerie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bob. This is really fun. I'm a big fan of the show. I like to binge binge listen to a lot of episodes <laughs> all at once in little clusters. <laughs> well, welcome back. I don't think, I think you've definitely been on once, probably twice yes. before. Yeah, it's been a few years though. Yeah, and you have- this a while. Yeah. <laughs> And you're specialized in to book marketing, particularly. I know you do some other bits and pieces, but we're going to be talking about books today. Yeah. So I guess where to start? Let's pretend you've never been on the show before and tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are and what you do. But before that, I apologize for the listener. I have a terrible cold. So if I sound a bit funky today, that's what's going on. Go, Valerie. Awesome. Well, Bob, thanks for having me back. I know we have gotten to know each other over the years and... I actually started really in the content and social media space in the marketing world. And I still do that. I still have an agency and that's, you know, a huge piece of what I'm doing day in and day out. But about five years ago, I launched my book. And in the process of doing that, I took everything I knew from marketing. And I also did a lot of research because I had the tools within my business and within my skill set to do a lot of the legwork. So a lot of it, I ended up doing DIY because I had those skill sets already, but I didn't know all the ins and outs of book marketing and publishing, you know, all the little nuances that every author or any prospective author is kind of running through their head of like, well, what do I do about this? And what is this? And I don't even know what I don't know. And so you just go into it feeling very overwhelmed. And I learned a ton. I observed a ton. And my book did great, selling way more than I expected and hitting bestseller nine times over and number one new release 11 times over just on launch day. And then since then, I've had just this like slow trickle. I call it kind of my side hustle to my marketing agency. (laughs) 
other authors who saw what I had done and came to me or got referred to me to say, hey, can you help me? And so I've acted kind of as this guide for some people. I've also helped kind of be the behind the scenes, managing all the moving pieces around their launch so that the author can just focus on being the face of their book and being the face of their author brand. And they are not dealing with all the ins and outs. They're not managing their launch team. They're not doing all of the logistical things around it. They are just executing and building those relationships. And so in the last year, year and a half, that number of slow trickle has become more of a stream. And I've I've had a lot more authors that I'm working with packaged up some of these pieces to be more of a done done with you or DIY kind of a scenario. So if an author wants to just take some of my knowledge and implement it themselves, if they're like me and they like to get their hands dirty and do it themselves, they can do it. But um, a lot of times people are like, nope, I want you to walk beside me and, you know, either do it for me or do as much as you can for me. So, so I've been doing that a lot here and it is interesting to see from all ends of the spectrum, traditional publishing to the very most scrappy self-publisher, a lot of the same themes come up. And so kind of helping on this marketing side of things and helping a book launch well has become a really fun thing. And it's been a fun surprise for me because everything I still do in the agency side for clients day in and day out has application to how we're launching a book. Uh, there's a lot of overlap that I didn't really think think about or put conscious thought to. I think it's maybe important for the listener that we talk about why book. And I think anybody that's in my world or within my ecosystem, so to speak, they should understand that building a personal brand, so it, it, there's personal brand with a small P, everybody has one. But if you want to be intentional about building your personal brand, the elements that, the elements that start to matter are authority, influence, uh, credibility, and this is why we turn to a book, because it allows you to package all of that up in a way mm -hmm. that does a lot of the work for you. If you've written a book, if you are an author, by definition, you have become an authority and in some areas, the authority. And that becomes a very powerful thing. So if you're listening at home thinking, why, is they, why, why are they talking about book marketing now? This is why yeah. writing a book <laughs> is, a power, is a powerful <laughs> statement. And a lot of the time is not as difficult or complicated as you might think. And we can maybe talk about the process of writing a book. That's not why we're here. But where we should maybe look at is there are lots of ways to, to get the book done. You can write it yourself, self-publish. You can hire a ghostwriter and self-publish. You can hire a ghostwriter that will also publish for you. There's lots of different ways that you can get the book done. That almost doesn't matter. But I think whether you're writing it yourself and publishing it yourself or you're working with a traditional publishing house, the marketing is something you kind of should take control of because nobody's going to have your interests at heart the way you do. And I have clients who have gone every route and ended up with you because they want to do it properly now. So why should we take the marketing of our book in hand? And I have a sub-question. At what stage should we be thinking about this? Oh, such good questions. So first off, I will just say I've worked with, you know, 
like I said, the scrappiest of self-publishers who just like, you look at it and you're like, okay, yes, you can clearly tell that this, you know, you did this yourself, but also up to, you know, people who are making New York Times bestseller lists and they have a traditional publisher and they, you know, go like all of the route that you might've historically thought of for a book. And one of the biggest surprises to me as I started getting into this was how many people come to me who already have a publisher and they don't realize that the publisher is not doing marketing for them. The market, the, the, the publisher is focused on getting the book out into the world. And obviously a lot of the things that a publisher is going to do is going to help set you up for success. I have seen a few publishers or hybrid publishers where they will give a few tips to the author of what to do. But for the most part, they are looking for authors. If they're going to sign an author, they're looking for somebody that already has an email list, someone who already has a social media following. And that's a huge criteria in today's world from what I'm I'm understanding from most publishers I've talked to. And so that means that they're expecting you to help sell the book anyways. So anyways, regardless of which route you go, you are going to be the one in charge of the marketing whether it's email, social, website, all those things. Obviously, there's different people who can help you execute on those things. And sometimes there's overlap with the publisher, but the buck stops with you. You know, you have to be the one who owns it. And ultimately, like you should be the one to want to own it. If this is your baby, you want it to be in a spot where you have control over what you're saying or not saying about it. And you have the the control to help it do really well. And I'm forgetting on your second question because well, I got question, so fired up. <laughs> well, thank, thankfully I remembered it, which is unusual for me. It was at what stage should an author be thinking about oh, the yes. marketing of the book? Because what, what, what I think you and I have both seen is, okay, I've written my book. I want to publish it in two weeks because yeah. they're excited. Uh-huh. That's not ideal, I'm imagining. For sure. Well, so just to tie back to the traditional publishing space, if you talk to anybody who's gone that route, you know that usually it's like six months to a year from the time that they finish their book to when it actually goes live. And so if you think about that, obviously, if you're self-publishing or you have more control with a hybrid publisher, that timeline can get shortened. But just because your manuscript is done, that doesn't mean that you should so, so-called so launch it into the world. And I see a lot of people doing that. I see a lot of people on a Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. post, my book is live. I'm so excited. And how many people do you think are sitting there on Facebook seeing that one post that you never share about this book again and you don't have any momentum and juice behind it to actually get reviews, to actually get purchases? You're just kind of, you've done all this work you, to make the book. You might as well launch it the right way, get a lot of buzz around your book, get your book up to that bestseller status, get that number one new release credential, get the reviews there, you know, around your launch. That is the one time that you are going to get the most attention on your book, get the reviews now. And so in order to do that, you do have to build up kind of a ramp up time frame. And so there's, there's not necessarily like a magic number, but if you're preparing for a launch, I typically like at least three to four months to ramp up. 
Now, depending upon where authors are in the process, sometimes, you know, I launched one actually a few weeks ago where we had less than a month between the time that he started working with me and when all, you know, when his launch date was, but he already had his website in place. He'd already been talking about it on social media. He already had a few things kind of prepped and ready to go. And so, so we were able to do it, but again, he had all these other things that he'd been built. He had the website, he had his social media presence. He'd been starting to look at going on podcasts and promoting his, his book. There's a lot of things that he'd been doing to market his book before it ever went live. And I think that's the important piece is that, you know, actually marketing your book can start as early as when you write your book, you know, and I think just teasing out the fact that you do have something coming and taking people along for the journey can be extremely powerful. Now, I did not do that with my book. (laughs) And part of it was because I wanted to wait until my manuscript was finished enough that I knew for sure the book was coming out because I didn't want to say it was coming and then not do it. So for me, that was just my own personal preference, but it did start well before I ever had a book cover, well before anything was finished being edited, before anything was being loaded on any websites for publishing, like the marketing started well in advance. And so I think that's one thing that a lot of authors miss out on is people don't know that you have a book coming. And so you pop up out of nowhere and say, hey, here's this book I made. You feel really you know, attached to it. You see it as this big momentous thing, but the rest of the world has had zero preparation yeah. for it. So one thing a lot of people are probably thinking about is that whole bestseller thing. It does sound awful grand. And a lot of people probably think, well, that's not realistic for me. Mm-hmm. I've that was my assumption, but I've yeah. had that assumption shattered now, not of not personally, but I've seen it being shattered a good three or four times. Yeah. So, how realistic is that if the process is in place? Maybe there's a better way to ask this question. So, I think you know how I mean to ask this question. Most people have a an a little bit of imposter syndrome around their own book. Oh, for Probably sure. They're writing it for, for the reasons we spoke about earlier for credibility, but it's just little old me. Mm-hmm. What does that bestseller status actually take? Yeah. I mean, it's not an impossible thing to go after. It's not necessarily an easy thing to go after either. I mean, if you're going to just, you know, hope that it works and not really put the strategy in and process behind it, you know, the odds of hitting bestseller are, you know, pretty, pretty low. However, if you put the right steps in place, it is very achievable. And actually I had an author two days ago that we did a launch and hers, I I think she hit it in five categories, hit bestseller in five categories. So it's very, very doable. But again, she has the process in place. She had she had somebody like me acting as launch manager to corral all of her people, make sure they were doing all the right things on launch day. We did all the preparation to position her book well on the platform. We did all the research to make sure this is you know done the right way and everything. And we timed it all. 
you know, we made sure that we're launching on the right, the right day and right time. We launched on a Tuesday. Not that it only can be Tuesdays, but a Saturday. No, don't do a Saturday, folks. Like people are out having fun, exploring the world. Don't do it on a Saturday. Don't do it on a holiday. Mondays are crazy. You know, think through this the strategy of like, when are you going to be able to get people to actually take action? And so, you know, just putting a few intentional things in place to make sure that your just that your focus is is right. I mean, like for me, I launched my book on my birthday, which was great because most of my network was on Facebook. And Facebook likes to tell everyone it's your birthday. And so I posted a live video that morning that just went viral that day because everyone was chiming in. Everyone was wishing me a happy birthday. Everyone was looking at my profile that day anyways. So everybody knew I had a book and a ton of people bought my book because of that. So I just, it it wasn't rocket science. It just was putting a few steps to think about what would be the best time to do this. Yeah. I think it's about being intentional and systematic and doing it on your birthday is particularly clever because everybody wants to, (laughs) nobody wants to be seen. Yeah. It's, that's really smart. I think this this bestseller status, I think it's, it sounds rather grand, but I've seen how achievable it can be for books that you think, Mm -hmm. I, I I really wouldn't have thought that that was as possible as it was. But once you've got it, you've got it. And there's a big yeah. difference for yourself being able to say best-selling author or I wrote a book. Although right. technically there's not a lot of difference. You just need to hit that for one day and you can then say, yeah. I've, I've done it. Yep. You get the proof, you grab the, grab the proof, grab the screenshots and you that's something you can use for the lifetime of the book. Yeah. And that's also like why I push for the reviews at the beginning there, because those reviews stick with you for the lifetime of the book too. So, you know, when you're going after, and I think for your audience as well, like everyone who's focused on a personal brand, a lot of those folks are consultants. They are speakers. They're doing some sort of training. And so a book can be a nice either segue into their program or a segue into their speaking engagements or it can be a nice takeaway, or it can be like a, just a nice tool within your within your brand. And when you have those phrases like bestseller, number one new release that you can throw in there, those simple words and the proof behind it to back it up, gosh, like when you're going up against another speaker that they're considering for a spot, like that just subconsciously puts you ahead of the com- competition and then all of those reviews, if anyone checks out your book, if you're doing any sort of advertising or people that don't know, you just find your book through the algorithm on Amazon or whatnot. And they see like, wow, 40 plus five-star reviews. I've never heard of Bob Gentle, but he there's a lot of people who say he's amazing. So I'm going to trust that. That sticks with you for the lifetime of the book. And so that's why I really encourage people to focus your attention around launch day to get these things because it just makes the rest of the process down the road so much easier. I think there's lots of things in your business you can fix later, mm-hmm. but this isn't one of them. It really is. Yeah. It feels like a one-shot deal. Now, there will be lots of people listening who think, oh, I wrote a book two years ago. It fell on its ass, but I think it's a great book. Mm-hmm. What can we look at in terms of relaunching? Because yeah. I'm sure 
the second edition. There's there's all kinds of ways you could spin it. Yeah, you definitely can do a relaunch. You can you can make some quick updates to your book and call it a, a new edition. You can you can honestly just push for a big launch or push like a big sale around a book. And it's just a matter of like how you're wording it, you know, like, okay, this is the five-year anniversary of my book. I'm going to discount it to X, Y, Z. And you can, you can do a lot of the similar things that you do around a book launch. Obviously the hype of it being brand new isn't there, but you definitely can still do some big pushes after a book is launched. And then you also can do a lot around, you know, paid advertising on Amazon, paid advertising on Facebook or other social platforms where it's like, I know this book has a very specific audience. There's a lot of data out there to be able to promote your book in specific venues. And if you have a business connected to your book as well, just gives you that much more substance to work with, if you will. So like maybe the book is the the bait mm. or the lead in for something that ultimately pushes them into your coaching program. You might be using it as that shiny object at the top of the funnel for people. And so for people who may have launched their book already, I would say, let's go back and look at your business model at large. And how does your book fit into that? You know, because Yes, getting bestseller status for your book would be great, but is that going to be what's going to help move the needle for you at this point in the process? Um, but yeah, simple re-edition or new edition, that could be an easy way to kind of launch it and uh, make it seem like it's brand new and fresh and shiny. I could, I'd, I'd never considered Amazon ads as a top of funnel activity for a consultant, but actually it's really smart. I need to not tell anyone about this. Um, <laughs> okay, so don't listen to this. <laughs> Note to the editor, edit this out. <laughs> no, I really like it because I can see lots of ways where the book would naturally and organically sit at the top of the funnel and Facebook ads would be so obvious for that. Mm -hmm. But ads inside of Amazon, what sort of price is kind of normal on a per-click basis? for that? I don't know how Amazon ads work. Yeah, they're similar to other platforms where it's all kind of, based on some of the competition. But uh, but yeah, Amazon ads are great. I think the biggest piece is you want to make sure you're not losing money. <laughs> so, you know, if, you're, if your profit margin, if you're still making a profit on the book with what your cost is on Amazon, then you're, you're doing great. If you're just breaking even or losing money, then I'd say go back to the drawing board and reconsider because just getting eyeballs on something on Amazon is not, in my opinion, worth the cost, but a lot of it is based on the competition in your specific genre. So what keywords you're going after. So it's kind of similar to Google ads in that respect of like the costs can really vary. I think what's in my head is I take Russell Brunson's free plus shipping philosophy. Mm -hmm. If you can get the book in people's hands, you're winning. If you have a clear mm -hmm. pipeline set up from the book yep. into programs. So on Amazon ads, for example, you can afford to run ads to those books so that you're not paying to get the book in people's hands, but right. the sales aren't necessarily generating you any profit. So if your book is $15 and it costs you $15 to sell the book, you're essentially winning. Yeah. There's, I mean, it might not feel like that to you as the author, but if you have a process to get people from your book into, into your business, 
Yeah. Then you're winning. Well, and I, I think one of the big things too is just, I mean, with whatever you're doing to promote your book, you know, it's different if you are writing something for fiction or it's just like a memoir passion project where you don't necessarily have a business behind it. Yeah. But I would say 99% of the people I've worked with have some sort of business that has a direct correlation to their book subject. A lot of times what I'm talking to them about is bigger picture conversations around, okay, we've launched your book, but what happens with these other pieces? You know, like what, how is this fitting into your big picture plan? You know, I, it, what's the strategy here? <laughs> and so, you know, like you're saying, using it as this top of funnel thing can be really effective just for the awareness and getting your, your, your words written or whatever into people's hands. And, you know, we, we actually have a really good mutual friend, uh, Andy Storch, who I, I'm trying to remember, did he buy a thousand books, 500? I can't three remember how many he said he bought. 3,000 and kept them in his garage or whatever. And he mails out, he tells us he mails out like, I don't know, what is it? Like five or 10 books every week or something like that. And so that when you look at the math there, you're like, ooh, that doesn't, he's not making any money from those books, right? Like if he's but paying for shipping, yeah. but we know he is because those books have helped him land some nice speaking opportunities that are paying well over the cost of the shipping and the cost of that book. So I think that's a prime example. I look at people that do that where it's like, okay, this is, they're using it truly as a tool for their business. They're using it as a tool for their personal brand. And they are using it almost as that, you know, business card, if you will, of like, okay, you might throw a typical tiny little business card away, but are you going to throw my book away? It's probably going to sit on your desk for at least a few months before you decide if you're going to keep it or not. In the meantime, my name and my subject matter is staring you in the face every time you look at it. So, you know, I, I just, that's, I think, where I've seen a lot of the overlap between the digital marketing work that I've done and then the book launch. It's not yeah. just about the logistics of Amazon KDP and ISBN numbers and all of those things. That's become part of it. Like I've learned the nuances of all of that. But it's more of like, oh, well, let's be strategic with the book. Let's be strategic with this piece of content. So, we're, I mean, the book is, it's part of content marketing, you know, which is what I do day in and day out. It's just a really long form piece of content. I used to rent an office and around the corner from that office, there was a guy who did, I think in the US you'd call it car detailing. I think we even call it car detailing now. I just needed my car washed. Yeah. So I went around the corner to see him and there was this Ferrari in there. And I thought, whose car is this? And the guy whose car it was came around the corner and I got talking to him and he was a customer service trainer. Mm. And he said, I wrote a book about 20 years ago and it's a quite a thin book and I just mail it out to people. And I must have mailed out a couple of thousand of these books and people just keep hiring me from all over the world. These books, they're just silent ambassadors out there in the world. Nobody ever throws them out. They just sit on shelves. And then when somebody needs what I do, they pick the book off the shelf, my stuff's all in there and they hire me. That's a really simple business, but I've never forgotten that because he yeah. had a lovely car. I wouldn't want a Ferrari. <laughs> but this, for me, that was just the a symptom of The car reminded you. Yeah. Really understated guy, 
He didn't do any of the stuff that we talk about. It was just the book. And it was these nasty, I say nasty, you know, these kind of doodles you used to get in books in the 1980s and 90s, like Mm -hmm. classic business book doodles of people pointing at things. That's what it was. But it worked wonderfully well for him. Wow. And this is the power of the book, guys, if you use it right. Mm -hmm. So I guess I want to motivate people a little bit. So what I think would be really useful is if you have any good stories of before and after. Everyone likes a before and after. So I guess the difference a book made to your business, but what does successfully launching a book mean for some of the people in your world? Yeah. So for me, I'll just say like, I, I landed a speaking gig before my book was even finished. I had started talking about my book coming. I was committed to it, but it wasn't completely finished. It was still in the works. And about six months before my book actually launched, uh, I had somebody just reach out in a private message saying like, Hey, I'd love for you to have you come speak at this conference. And fortunately it was about three weeks after my book was live. So it was great timing to be able to have book copies and all of that stuff. But that was, that was a really fun win because at the time, and granted this was pre COVID and pre having kids, I'm still in the throes of like toddler, young kid era. So I've not been doing as much speaking, (laughs) but at the time I had been really pushing and doing a lot of speaking. And so for me, this was a really clear signal that the book was doing what I needed it to. And since then, I've also done similar to what our friend Andy's doing of just like sending it out to like, when I have a key conversation with someone, I'll, I'll send it to them, a new client, I'll send it to them. It's just an extra little confidence booster of like, Hey, you hired us to do X, Y, Z for you on the you know agency side. And you know, the person leading the team here, like she knows what she's talking about. She wrote a book on it, you know? It's just that subconscious reminder of like, you made a good decision, you know? So I, I've used it a lot in that way. And then I don't know, it's, it's been, it's been fun working with so many other authors over the years to see how they've been leveraging it and, and what they've been doing with it. And I don't know, it's just every launch. I just love it. I love working with authors. They just have such passion for what they're writing about. And it gets me excited each time. It gets me nervous each time too, because I'm like, okay, this better still work, you know? And thankfully, knock on wood, it still has, you know, when I, when I talk to a prospective author, like, here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan. And it should achieve the results we're going for. Every author who's done the work with me that they need to do as the personal author has, has achieved the bestseller status. So I've had one that did not. And that was because she did not do anything (laughs) (laughs) as the author. Uh, She decided to go to a conference and not promote her book at all uh, with any of the things that I encouraged her to do. So I was like, okay, maybe next time I will push back and say, we are not going to launch a book on a day that you are insisting you're going to a conference. So there's just certain things that I've learned over the years of working with people. I learned that in the agency work too of, you know, January 2nd might not have been a great day to launch a book. I maybe should have pushed back a little bit more on that or, you know, um, 
we were able to still achieve the same result, but it was a little bit harder. You know, there's just certain things that you learn as you're working with people of like, nope, I'm going to assert myself a little bit more and say, I don't think this is a good fit. But everyone who's done the work and, and been invested in it as much as I have, they've gotten the results that they want. What you described there, and I've experienced it in a limited way, but most people, when they go out looking for a, a new vendor, mm-hmm. they, they're looking for commodity. And most vendors, when you look at them, they might have different features and benefits, but there's nothing really stands out. But when you are an author, or for me, I experience a little bit as a podcaster, you have a clear point of difference and that you, you decommoditize yourself. You become the one to rule out. So where everything else is equal. And let's be honest, when you're looking at most vendors, most things are equal. And there's this one little thing that stands out. You become the one to rule out. Yeah. It's very difficult to, to, if you were judging somebody who was picking a vendor and they, where everything else is equal, they, they exclude the author. There's potential for disciplinary action there. It mm. would be really difficult to justify. Yeah. And that's why this is really powerful. If, if anybody listening is thinking, I'm going to put my hand in my wallet and I'm going to hire somebody. And one of them is the clear authority. Where are you going to go? And I think this right. is why people need to be paying attention to this. And if the yeah. best seller, seller status is there to signify, it's not just an author, but it's somebody who has proven that they're worth mm-hmm. listening to. That's even more powerful. Yeah. Well, and I just, as you're talking, I just, there's so much power in you as the expert. And I, I just, I just want to reiterate because even as you're talking, I'm sitting here like, Okay, I, those feelings of anxiety of like, am, but am I really the expert that came up when I was writing my book? Like that, those are creeping up on me. So I just want to encourage anybody who's listening that you can and should get your your insights out into the world. The world does need to hear it, uh, and and you do have something worth telling. I think that was what pushed me in the first place to write my book. Was I kept reading other marketing books, thinking. I need to improve my craft. I need to improve my craft. And I kept hearing the same stuff over and over and over again. And then I was like, well, I'm saying similar things, if not slightly elevated, like I have something worth saying. And so I don't know. I just would encourage anyone who's listening, like, yes, a book should be in your wheelhouse. You have built up enough expertise in your field with what you're doing day in and day out that you have something unique to share with the world that is worth listening to or worth reading. I think what I would add to that, because I am triggered with imposter syndrome frequently, mm. there there are some people from going out and sharing their expertise, that's, that's automatically going to trigger imposter syndrome. Who am I to be telling the world how things should be? And my response to that is, don't feel you need to go out as the expert, but perhaps go out as the student and share what you discover. And that feels completely different. It does feel different. You know, I think you and I both know this guy, but Brian G. Johnson, are Mm. you familiar with him? Yeah. He actually started a Facebook group many years ago. And I think it's called Tube Ritual. Could be something, might've been renamed recently. I don't know. It essentially was his journey to figure out and kind of hack his way into YouTube, how to grow a channel, what makes a channel grow, what do you do to be successful on YouTube? And he made content in this Facebook group around 
that whole concept, everything he was learning, everything he was testing. I mean, he spent a couple of years kind of doing this experiment. And then he's written two books on the subject now. Now, obviously he's an expert because I know he's been studying it, but I also saw and was part of this Facebook group when he first started it, when he knew next to nothing about YouTube. And now in my mind, he's one of the best YouTube people out there (laughs) because he's written these two books. He has all this experience. He has this group, but he took people along for the journey. And so I think that was like prime example of what you're talking about there of just, we all have stories, bring someone along for that because you are like your unique process to how you got to your expertise. No one else can claim that except you. And so that's where your expertise comes out because it is unique. But if you, like you're saying, approach it from it being your journey, your story, then it, I I agree. It does make it feel a little bit, a little bit easier when you're dealing with imposter syndrome. Yeah. For the listener, Brian G. Johnson is coming on the podcast soon. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, you'll love it. It's going to be such a good episode. I can't wait to listen. Uh, Yeah. I'm not sure how I'm going to handle that because he's like my, he's really wild. It's going to be fun. I I think you need to get like a little poodle stuffed animal doll or a cardboard cutout of a poodle face because he loves his poodle dogs. So, Okay. Good to know. Yeah. That's a good place to bring things to an end. Poodles. <laughs> On that note, poodles. Yeah. <laughs> Valerie, thank you so much for your time. It's been really good. I have, again, I always do, learned a lot. Hopefully the listener got something out of it too. For the last question, what's one thing you do now that you wish had started five years ago? I can't remember what it was last time and you can't have the same thing. So, You know, I started doing this last week. So I'm going to say I wish I would have started this a few weeks ago, if not many, many years ago, but I liked written to-do lists and I was feeling really overwhelmed by knowing like, am I doing the right things? Am I working on the right things in my business? And so I pulled out a bunch of highlighters of different colors and I took a look at my current to-do list and I just started color coding based on the subject matter of like, okay, this is a, an office business owner admin type thing. This is a client execution thing. This is a, you know, strategy, whatever. This is a business development thing. This is a personal branding type of activity. And then I took a look back at my goals to see like, is this in line with how much time do I want to be spending on business development? If my goal is to be spending 40 plus percent of my time, is my to-do list actually reflective of that. Now, the next step would be to like go actually look at my calendar and see like how much of my time is is matching that. But for me, since I do the written to-do list, it was a really nice kinesthetic exercise to connect and process with all of it to know how am I spending my time? Am I being strategic? So that's one thing that I wish I would have started sooner because I think it would have given me more perspective just self-reflectively versus just being like, eh, yeah, I think I'm spending my time the right way. I love that. It's to, to simplify or crystallize all of that. It's checking, does what I'm doing align with my goals? Because I think for a lot of us, what we do is completely habitual. And a lot of the time it's based on other people's priorities. Exactly. So taking the time to, with a highlighter pen, make it very physical is that real? That's a really good answer. 
Yeah. And I plan to do that every week to look back and be like, okay, how did this week go? What does next week look like? That's one thing that I'm realizing I need to, to do on a regular basis. So if people want to go deeper with you, if they want to find out more about Valerie Mars, where can they go for that? Yeah. So my company is Tintero Creative. That's T as in Tom, I-N-T-E-R-O, creative. So tinterocreative.com. You can find all of my links and my my spelling of my name and all that stuff to get to find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, very active on Facebook, somewhat active on Instagram and all the others, but uh, depends on what season you find me in. But I would love to connect with people online. Well, hopefully people will do that. But for now, Valerie, thank you very much. You have been awesome. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. And for you at home, that does bring us to the end of another episode. Before you put your device down, you could consider a five-star review. That would be wonderful. And if you did enjoy the show, you will love the Personal Brand Business Roadmap. It's 50 pages of everything you need to start, scale, or fix your expert business 100% free as a gift from me. Just visit amplifyme.agency or click the link in the show notes. Thanks for watching. I will see you next time.